This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This is Performance Anxiety on the Pantheon Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Mark. And today's guest makes me joyful. That's because it's Shemaya Gonzalez, author of the Substack and soon-to-be book, Undaunted Joy. And true to the Substack, it really was a joy speaking with her. I first learned of her work through a past guest, Joseph Massey, and I couldn't be more grateful. And like all good podcasts, we start with alcohol. Shemaya has known for a long time that she wanted to be a writer, but her early ideas of what that meant were very different from what she has found herself doing. She started off hoping to be an academic writer, but that's just not what God had planned for her. One thing he did have planned for her was an inclusion of one of her works in Pope Francis's book, Sharing the Wisdom of Time. She tells me why it's important to get excited about trash bags and how she started her substack, Undaunted Joy, that will become a book in the not too distant future. Shemaya and I discuss writing to help with depression and the difference between happiness and joy. I also uncover her fear of capybaras and how a British abbot is connected to the Night Stalker. Give Shemaya a follow on X at ShemayaNG and on Instagram at ShemayaG. Check out Undaunted Joy on Substack and look for Undaunted Joy the book in 2025. Follow us at Performance Annex on X and Instagram. Subscribe to us everywhere. Pick up merch at performanceanx.threadless.com and support our coffee habit at ko-fi.com slash performanceanxiety. And let's get joyful with Shemaya Gonzalez on Performance Anxiety on the Pantheon Podcast Network. Oh, you'll take the worst one. Okay. <laughs> this is Shemaya Gonzalez, essayist and storyteller. You can find me on the Substack Undaunted Joy, which will be a book out with HarperCollins in spring of 2025. And I had a blast on performance anxiety today. Do you think that was all right? Okay. It's like pictures. Sometimes when I take pictures of groups or friends, it's the first one that comes out good. And then I keep taking them. And then I look back and I'm like, no, it was the first one. And my wife is bringing me cookies. Thank you. Oh, 
the best ever. What kind? Uh, like double, double chocolate. chocolate. Or something. Yes. Do you have your water? Uh, no, but I have my bourbon. Oh, so. <laughs> see, uh, and today of all days is my dry day. Oh, <laughs> I don't think I have one I, of those. I indulged far too much this weekend, and uh. so. <laughs> I'm I'm on a juice fast today. Oh man! <laughs> well, juice is good. I like juice. Yeah, <laughs> I, I see. He's he's <laughs> he said it really convincing. Used, and my drink used to be bourbon, but now it's gin. I love gin too. I, I do. Gin and tonic is just one of the best things on the planet. I like gin martini. Oh, I've never been a big martini fan. They're a little too bitter. Maybe that's why I like it. Little, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I just haven't had a good one. I just have to keep trying them until I get a good one. Well, I'm an Anglophile, and uh, uh, the Brits are all about the gin and tonics. They don't even know how to make a martini. I've at, when I'm yes. there, I've asked. Oh yeah, no, I've asked before, and the worst martini I ever had was in Glasgow, Scotland. And I think, <laughs> I think she put equal amounts of vermouth and gin. And I oh. said, what the heck is this? And so, so I showed her, I showed her how to make one and it was probably stronger than they usually make, oh. but at least I got my martini. Did they still charge you for it? Did you have to show them how to make it? No, no. Then they, okay. they just charged me for one. Okay, good. But it, <laughs> But but that's when I kind of learned my lesson that it's like just ask for a gin and tonic. This yeah. is not this is not the country for asking for martinis. Which is strange because James Bond loved them shaken and not stirred. Right. Thank you. You didn't. I didn't even think about that. And he, he was an English secret agent played by a Scottish actor. Right. Come on. Come on, UK. I didn't, even think, I didn't even think about that. What's wrong with them? The UK's got to get their act together. That's one of several <laughs> well, problems they have. <laughs> well, I love it there. I, I just, <laughs> I'm just like, when can I go next? I think when I finish this book, I want to go again, kind of as a reward for finishing it. So, well, I've been following your your posts and the the photos and you know the the posts you made on Undaunted Joy and. I've never been to the UK and now I want to kind of want to go. Uh, so. Oh, did you, did you follow my hashtag? Is that, is that why? Cause I'm, I did a hashtag of undaunted joy when I was in the UK, kind of exploring the idea. I don't remember to be honest with you. I, and I, I went back and reviewed and I was reading a bunch of the older yeah, emails yeah. that you'd, that you, you send out and they had a bunch of the pictures in there too. And it was just, Yes. Amazing. Yes. Yes. I thought so I went to I went to the UK in January. And I thought oh I, I went for a month by myself. Right. I'm married and I have two kids <laughs> and I don't even I don't even know how it came about um probably after those martinis that we discussed earlier. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if my husband or I suggested it. He says I did. Um, Because <laughs> that seems that seems really brave of me. <laughs> um, he's he's the braver one. 
and he believes in me more than I believe in myself most of the time. I, I have a relationship with my wife that's very similar. Oh, that's she, beautiful. I like that. Yeah, she's, that's good. She she believes in everything I'm doing a lot more than I do. Oh. <laughs> God but bless her. I will push her to try to do things outside of her zone. So good, good. You're equally. Yeah. Yeah. But what I want no. to do is, is oh, oh sorry. no, no, no. Uh, this is fine. This this is the way I like it to I go. You. you said tangents, stories. Exactly, exactly. Tangent stories, side things. Uh, yes, yeah, sidebar. That's a that's a great word. Sidebars or two words, and you know, long answers. I don't care. This is how I. Okay. This is how I like it to go. I just like it being a casual, easygoing chat. I don't want it to be a bullet point interview. I hate those. I don't like listening to them, so I don't want to make one. So, we mentioned a few of the the things you've been, you've written and things you've worked on, and but I want to find out how you kind of got into writing in the first place? I mean, was it something you did early on? Was it, have you always been writing? I know from reading a little bit on your website that you, you grew up in LA and your childhood was not exactly an easy one. And is that wh why and how you turned to writing? Well, I always, my childhood was, was kind of tough, just poverty and abuse and I always escaped into books. I loved reading and I would escape into a book. And so I think that writing came out of that because I wanted to do what was happening in the books. I, I wanted to do that. Makes but sense. I'm not a bad fiction writer. I, well, I don't know if I've ever really tried to be a fiction writer. But also, I think that my life's been interesting enough that I don't really need to make stuff up. Well, that's know? awesome. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I just, I journaled a lot when I was a kid to just try to make sense of things. And then I, I'd hide the journal and then I'd throw it away. And oh. I wish that I would have kept those because that would be interesting. But also, maybe I don't. Maybe it's better. <laughs> <laughs> You're not into going um, back and, and rereading some of your old writings? Yeah. And then in college, I went to college. I wanted to be a professor and I was studying Victorian literature and I was really into the academic side and, and trying to do research and critique uh, literature. Um, and life just kind of got side trailed on that. And I'm glad it did. I mean, really? Okay. I, well, lately I've been in situations where I'm with academics and I don't have a doctorate. I have a couple of master's uh, degrees and there's some circles where academics are just lovely <laughs> and really warm, generous people. Yeah. And then there's some where they're just like, you know, like they got claws and and they're just hard to relate to. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm really grateful that I didn't go into academics after all. So, phew. Well, that's, that, you, you just answered one of the questions I was going to ask because yeah. on this podcast, I, I have a lot of musicians on. Yeah, I'm yeah. part of Pantheon Podcast Network, which is a music-focused podcast network. Yes. But I also love having people outside of music and authors, yeah. photographers, artists, writers. That's how I discovered your work was through a writer, uh, Joseph Massey. So 
who I adore. I love him so much. He's so awesome. Him and Jarvis just kill me. I love Jarvis. <laughs> Everyone, Jarvis is, is just his cat. Yes. <laughs> insane cat who just the most emotive animal I've ever seen. It's insane. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late, and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. Before you skip over this ad, give me one minute. Like most podcasts, I pick sponsors carefully and I use the products that advertise here. Pure Spectrum CBD is a product that has been really beneficial for me. They have a wide variety of great products that can be used on a daily or as needed basis. I've been using the tincture every day and it's been wonderful for easing anxiety. And I absolutely love the isolate. I use it instead of acetaminophen or ibuprofen and it's worked so well for the relief of aches and pains. They also have soaks, lotions, salves, gummies, and more, plus an entire line for fitness recovery. They even have products for your pets. See everything they offer at PureSpectrumCBD.com. And if you have questions, they're there to help. They helped me when I had no idea where to start. After you fill your cart, use code PERFORMANCEANX for 15% off your purchase. Pure Spectrum CBD, Pure Spectrum CBD, Pure Spectrum CBD. One of the things that I've learned through this is in almost every creative endeavor, any, any creative industry you get into, it's crazy cutthroat and it's so yeah. insane. I know I dealt with it in photography. I hear about it all the time from musicians. I mean, we all know Joseph's backstory and yeah. it's, it just seems to be. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I hear about it so much, but it seems it seems to be more prevalent in industries that focus on creativity. Huh. I don't know if that's true or I'm just making that up, but uh, it just it appears to be that way. I don't know. So that's you answered the one one of the first questions I wanted to ask you already. So that so uh, we're off to a good start. I did. I didn't even know. <laughs> Okay, so you've gotten uh, into college and you, you wanted to be a professor. You wanted to, to be on that end of things. What yeah. really flipped, what made you turn the corner into writing professionally? 
Well, I got out of academia because um, I was engaged to be married and that didn't work out. <laughs> oh, Wow. And I'm so glad it didn't. I'm so <laughs> glad it didn't. Um, I didn't get into academia and I didn't marry that guy. And I ended up marrying my husband instead. And he's a million times better. Oh, that's um, wonderful. And then, then actually what happened was I, I, I switched my focus and I went into seminary and I, wow. um, I started to, I mean, I've always been a person of faith. I've been a Christian since I was quite young and I wanted to kind of just have a, a better understanding of what that was. Okay. And so I went to a, a little Protestant seminary in, in Portland at the same time that I started dating the man who would be my husband, who is a cradle Catholic. So at the time, that's me. Well. Yep. <laughs> so at the time that I'm going into going to seminary, I'm also exploring Catholicism at the same time um, to understand this man that I'm dating a bit better. So I started going to um, mass on Sundays, and it was almost like I was sneaking, you know, <laughs> out of the, sem the <laughs> seminary to to go. You know, I didn't I didn't tell anyone, and I go at at a noon mass, or sometimes I would go with his friend that he, um, worked in town. And, and it was lovely. I just, it was so different than what I grew up in. I grew up in Jesus churches that met in high school gyms and, you know, yeah. it still, it still smelled like feet. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and people who needed their feet washed. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but don't get me wrong. I learned so much from that too. It was just yeah. going to Catholic mass was such a different experience for me. And mostly it was the, which I, we alluded to Joseph earlier. I mean, it was about language, mm -hmm. like just the beauty of the liturgy. And I loved that. Um, it wasn't emotive that in the liturgy, I, I felt like when I went to other churches, often it was like, okay, everyone, today we're going to be really sad. And I've organized songs and readings for you today so that everyone's going to be sad together. Oh, my and I'm God. Like, oh man, I was really in a good mood. <laughs> man, I'm, I'm so bummed out. I went to church. This sucks. Yeah. And, then, and then the next week I come and I'm feeling really heavy and, and low. And then they're like, we're all about the joy of the Lord today. We're going to clap. And I was like, oh, this is so not where I'm at. <laughs> and I felt like liturgy is just reading it. And it, it's you can experience it wherever, whatever you're bringing to the table that day, you know. Yeah. And um, so I loved it. I felt full every time I left mass. And so, um, so I ended up converting wow. to after I got, uh, after I got a master's in intercultural ministry and, and again, like all these things have informed my faith. I know a lot of people will like, Oh, I'm ex evangelical and you know, Oh, they're horrible. And I'm like, no, I learned so much from that community. That's awesome. I've each place I've experienced good people and bad people and people who are fake and people who, you know, really, truly are, are trying to, to live their faith. And so I've enjoyed the Jesus movement. I've enjoyed the, 
evangelical past in my seminary, and I enjoy Catholicism now. I mean, I just think it all is part of the journey. But uh, again, telling the long story of how I got to writing. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I love it. I love this. (laughs) Then I had a couple of kids. And um, well, before that, I I worked with homeless for a while, uh, which, which I also really enjoyed. It's a different scene out there than it was back then. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I can only imagine. Yeah. But I worked with homeless and then, then we started having children and we have two boys who are now young teens. So 12, almost 13 and 14. Oh, wow. Back to back, uh, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just band-aid, rip it off. That's the way we did it. We have three back to back to back. We've got, uh, let's see, an 18, 19, and 20-year-olds. Wow. Yeah, we just dropped the youngest one off at Penn State last weekend. Oh, congratulations. Oh, thank you. So the other two wow, were... that's huge. Yeah, my, my son <laughs> took your a... Mom, your mom, your, your wife's making cookies. She's like... I know. <laughs> I know. I know. It's, it's, well, my son is still here because he took a year a, and it probably ended up being two years off because he really wasn't sure what he wanted to do. And he, he's, he's finally figuring that out, I think. And he's a natural born engineer. So we're kind of trying to steer him oh my in that direction. Yes. yes. He's been in the, in, in the workforce now for a little while and he starting to understand how much it sucks. And so he can go back to, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> right when I take a sip of water. <laughs> Spit shot. <laughs> so, so he's, He's now figuring out that if he can delay going back into the workforce a little bit, get a degree, he'll yeah. save himself a lot of time. Because when you, yeah. you, you very well know when, when you apply for a job, it says this degree or equivalent experience and whatever amount of time you spend getting that degree, basically double it for the experience yeah. that they're looking for. So we're trying to impart that on him and it's finally, I think, starting to kick in. So. And my other daughter is in uh, Blacksburg, Virginia, but she's going to go to Oregon State online and study horticulture. Oh, over here. So, uh, there, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, on the West Coast. But she's doing I it online. Oregon yesterday. So. Excellent. So much fun. I, I don't think I lived with peers long enough, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that just seems, that seems like a fun time. It and can be. I, it can also right, be awful. Right. <laughs> I did that for a, few, a little yes. bit. Times were great. It was the best well, times. I, I don't think I lived with friends. I think I just like rented a room off of Craigslist or something, Ooh. you know? Oh, you were tempted like, fate. I know. I know. It's different when you get a place with friends. You, you have know? no idea how close you came to getting murdered. <laughs> so. <laughs> well. So. <laughs> that's another story. I, I, haven't even written, I haven't even written about that house <laughs> that I lived in. That. Oh my yeah, gosh. That was cool. I should get you and, and one of my former podcast guests on together and we and we can all talk about apartment horror stories because she rented a, a place. She was a singer and she moved out for like a residency in Vegas and she moved into a new apartment building. There's she's there's like her and one other couple in there. Turns out they were bank robbers. So oh. it was crazy. Yeah, if you oh. if you want to hear that story, check out the episode I did with McCall Tauber. 
It's just an insane okay, story. I'm writing it down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll send you a link. So thank you. It was just crazy. But uh, so, all right. So when, when was the moment that you thought writing is something that I, I can do for a living? When my youngest son went into kindergarten uh, and I had, you know, nine to three every day mine, that's when I thought, you know, I want to, I want to try this out. And I had been sending out emails to some friends once a week. I call, I think I called them five minutes where it was kind of like for busy people that wanted just five minutes to to kind of contemplate something more thoughtful, usually in the spiritual realm, but also I would connect um, literature or the arts or music with it. And um, I was sending out these emails to people and, and they really enjoyed them. So I was like, Hmm, I think one of them, someone said, you should send this out. This was really good. You should just clean it up a bit and send it to, um, there was a, well, there still is a place the, um, online, a, a publication called Busted Halo. And it's um, it's a Catholic publication. Is that, um, is that, is that um, oh, who, who is that? Lino, Lino? Uh, I don't know. A, it's out of New York. There's a, um, a, a Busted Halo on Sirius XM. Yes. Which yes. They have my, my brother used to work for that. He's, he's a producer for Sirius. He used to be, well, he actually still is a part of the Catholic channel. He used to work for a, a couple of the other shows do, doing some production there, but then he got a job with the Catholic channel. So now he actually is the executive producer for Gus Lloyd's show. Oh my goodness. So yeah. Oh my goodness. Maybe I saw him at a conference. That's quite possible. And if you ever I listen to Gus Lloyd's show and you hear him talk about Scooter, man, that's my brother. Scooter. Yeah, his name's Scott. So. <laughs> Gus is a nut. He's awesome. So I sent it in and it, and it got published. It was my first thing. And then I just kept sending stuff in. So I wrote for them for a while and fairly often and just um, tried to start branching out and writing for other Catholic publications, which is funny because I've been Protestant more of my life than Catholic, but I think that I'm known for being a Catholic writer. And um, I think maybe this, my latest endeavor might change that a little bit. And well, open it up a bit you know when you when you write a story about your english professor that gets selected by the pope to be included in his book that was weird you kind of yeah you kind of get that catholic tag on you i guess so, so. i kind of forgot about that Mark. <laughs> how did that, that happen weird that was so weird and that was just a blog post that i wrote and then i know i just wrote a blog post and then loyola press reached out to me and they said, you know, we read this post and can we, you know, edit it a bit and talk about it and maybe include it in this book. I don't know. It depends if the Pope <laughs> picks it or not. <laughs> and he picked it. And I mean, and that's just wonderful because my professor was just a wonderful, wonderful man yeah. and um, a Jewish man. Oh, and, nice. Yeah, his You're covering all the bases here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be insane. Get, getting a, a notice saying, "Hey, um yeah, the Pope really enjoyed your story and uh I can I I don't I just don't picture not just Pope Francis, Pope Francis any pope 
sitting down right. and, and reading, and, and I guess more secular works. It just doesn't, it doesn't compute in my head. I don't know. Yeah. It's so strange. <laughs> and, and going back to those original posts, have, has it always been something where you combined your, your faith with your writing to, and, and combine it with more secular topics? Yeah. Um, I try to, sometimes I try not to write about my faith, but it's really hard because it is something that just is, is seeped into my life. And I think that, I think that I view life differently than most people and especially most people of faith that I'm just, I think people compartmentalize their faith and, and it's for certain parts of their day or certain parts of their life. I think you're right. and I'm just like, you know, I'm reading this book and it makes me think about God in some sort of way, or I'm watching a bird or, you know, I'm just <laughs> like, I'm ex- I'm running on the treadmill and it makes me think of God. Like, I just, I, I really, I really try to always have God's presence before me where I'm, where I'm thinking that he's, he's here with me. And I discovered that that was kind of a strange lens for most people, <laughs> uh, people of faith and, and people who, who aren't of faith and people who don't have faith are very intrigued by that because it, it's just a, a different way of, of looking at Christianity than I think is usually presented. And um, I'm not someone who likes to talk in lists or I, I don't know. It seems like a lot of the writing, it's like, make a listicle. But I'm a storyteller. It's like, I can just tell you where I see God working or where I see beauty or joy. I think when one experiences beauty and joy, that's, that's God's presence in our life. And I think that everyone looks for these big, huge things. Um, And those don't happen that often. (laughs) And, and when time, Okay, uh, here's my tangent. And this is actually in the introduction of my book. Maybe 20 years ago, I was not as happy as a person as I am now. And God bless my husband for marrying me when I wasn't as happy as a person as I am now. Uh, (laughs) But one time we were having someone over for um, dinner. I don't know if it was one of his colleagues or a neighbor and we were, we had dinner and we were just all sort of cleaning up the kitchen together and the kitchen trash was full, the trash bag. And I said, um, the, the guy who was having dinner with us, he said, Oh, get that, tie that up and I'll take it out to the trash can for you. I was like, Oh, great. So I tied it up and then I went to get the new trash bag to put it in. And it was one of the new fangled trash bags that are stretchy and that smell good. And I just opened the box. And so I was really excited about it. I was like, look, look. And and I just like made the biggest deal about it. I'm like, these are the new Flex Force stretchy. (laughs) It was like there was a camera on me, you know? Like I was way too excited about these trash bags. Like it really was like I was in a commercial this and, dinner um, sponsored by hefty right that's what it, and and then i just like got really red and i was like what the heck am i doing because i like my husband works at a law firm and 
some of his friends are really fancy and I'm always like saying weird things like this. And so I just got really red and then I was, you know, I could hear like, like everything stopped. Like, the record scratch. Dork. Yeah. I'm like, I'm such a dork. And without skipping a beat, the guy says to me, grabbing the big old trash, the full trash bag to take out for me, goes, Hey, you got to get excited about this sort of stuff because the big stuff doesn't come that often. And he said, and when it does, it's usually bad. Wow. And then he just like walks out the door with your trash, like, with my trash. And he just sort of said it in passing. And it really stuck with me because you got to get excited about the little stuff. Cause because there's lots of little stuff in life. Oh, yeah. But there's not that much big stuff. And usually when it does happen, it is bad. It's, it's, <laughs> you know? That is so true. So oh, I never I thought of it like that. Like, after that, I'm like, I'm going to get excited about trash bags. I'm going to get excited about, you know, the robin that's sitting on my gate. I'm going to get, I mean, I don't know. My, my kids could tell you all the goofy things I get excited about. They're like. <laughs> Mom's TED talk about such and such, you know, <laughs> about floor wax. Stuff so is I think amazing. Just yes. <laughs> so I think just realizing that I could take a small moment in life and stretch it out to something more meaningful in some way, and see how God was working or present. Then I just wanted to tell stories. I'm like. Don't people tell stories anymore? No, no. no. <laughs> like you said, they do lists. Yeah, they do lists. They do lists. So here's what made me happy today. One through 10. Or they preach. And I don't really feel like I don't need to preach. I just want to tell a story. Yeah. You know, and you figure out what you want for it, you know, from, from the story. And what I've, what I've found is because uh, I've, I've been known to, get excited about a topic and come across as preachy and go figure, you know, Catholic <laughs> government podcast, you know, go figure. But that never comes across to the person I'm talking to as well as it sounds to me. So, right. so a story, yeah. something a little more entertaining, a little more, um, like you said, less preachy, a little more story ish. That's not even a word. Yeah. But that's, I, I think that gets a point across a lot better, a lot more um, in, a, in a more acceptable way to a larger audience. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, I, what I've kind of found in my limited reach. But we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. 
works. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell ya, I have small ear canals, uh, I know a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, <laughs> oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash Pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So is that when you started to think about doing Undaunted Joy or was that a little bit before Undaunted Joy? That was before Undaunted Joy. Undaunted Joy came about during the pandemic. Uh, and Makes sense. Yeah. I just, I mean, I don't want to blame, I don't want to say other people. <laughs> well, you know, we were all losing our footing. All of us were losing our footing. Yeah. And we were all quite fearful. And it didn't take me long to say, what the heck am I doing? I'm just spinning out of control. I'm freaking out. I'm, I'm getting very fearful. And I can't live like this, you know? And so it was, it was pretty quickly that I realized what I was doing. Thank you, years of therapy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And I was like, I can't do this. I need to refocus and ground myself. And, and again, it's my faith that grounds me. And it was really frustrating to me to reach out to other people of faith and have them be not helpful. They were very fearful. And, um, and again, I couldn't be preachy at them because it was hard for them people to listen to the truth during yeah. that time. And so I just started pointing out beautiful things and joyful things as small as they were. And I would put them on social media every day. I went for a walk today. Here's the five. Uh, I'm sorry. I made a list <laughs> of things I saw today or, or the neat things that happened to me. And I'd encourage other people to share them too, because joy is contagious. And when you share joyful things and you, they're contagious. And I realized that that was almost revolutionary to people. It really <laughs> because is. They were really caught up in being fearful and angry and wanted to stay in that fearful, angry place. And I, I was just not going to have it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And there's that wonderful 
book about Lewis and Clark, and I'm gonna I'm forgetting the name of the author, and it's right here somewhere in my book pieces, but it's um oh Stephen Ambrose, um Undaunted Courage, and that you know all that they based on the core discovery, Lewis and Clark and the and the um, people in their group, and they just courageous keep plodding forward. And I just thought, like joy, like in the face of anger and fear, like undaunted joy. <laughs> and how just being joyful was was revolutionary, was a was um a kind of a weird word to use, but to say a weapon against that sort of energy that was that was all around. Well, exactly. That's the one thing that can really f- fight all of that is joy and and love. And it goes back to what you grew up. Your parents would say, you know, kill them with kindness. Or if you don't, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. But it's really. Just like you said, the best weapon against everybody being angry and, and fearful because they don't know how to react, and yeah. it's hopefully contagious to them. I mean, unfortunately, yeah. it can be contagious the other way, but it's hard to me. It's it's harder to fight somebody who's joyful about something than it is to to do the other way. It's, yeah. it's easier to, to for me to lift somebody up than to try to knock somebody down yeah it's also better yeah. You know, yeah that also one of the, the the interesting things is you purposely look for and write about joy every day that's got to be hard sometimes and it's <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you wrote a post about going back to la that you know you know yeah. and and how difficult that that was so it's you know you're fine you're even finding joy in things that are difficult for you and it's yeah. um you find a silver lining or joy or, or basically god's presence in yeah. everything and uh, to me i i love it because i'm a person who kind of tends to focus on what could go wrong <laughs> so that's the irish irish that catholic was, in me. that used to be me and sometimes is me my my husband would say yes the the gas station on the corner is gonna blow up any minute because <laughs> <laughs> that's where my mind would go you know like gosh i can't stop thinking that we live so close to a gas station what what if it blows up yes. you know <laughs> <laughs> I know but, exactly what you're talking about. And it's, but if you practice it, you're, it rewires your mind, you know, and you start to look for it and see it a lot more easily. But it's not, it's not really joy if you can't find it in the hard times too. Exactly. You know, and that's what makes joy different than happiness too it's deeper, it's more resolute and it's not. And I, and I always try to counter it with reality because I don't want people to think, Oh, and I've heard, you know, you hear that term, Oh, this is such a Pollyanna with the, the happy circum, you know, everything's happy. Everything's right. good. And it's like, you know what people, do you remember that story, Pollyanna? Her parents are dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, why do we call, why do we say, oh, such a Pollyanna. This is a little girl who lost her parents, who she's apparently close enough to, to, to still like 
talk about the lessons that she learned from her father. Like he made that much of a difference. He wasn't a mean guy. And, and, you know, and she still chose to look for good. So I'm like, I don't understand. Why do we use that term? Why? Yeah. Why is that a a bad? Why is, why do people use that in in a, to denigrate somebody? I mean, it's just, that sounds like a, a triumphant story now that it, yeah because to be honest i i never read it i don't know i didn't know who your parents well, i never died. read the book either but i saw that the disney movie when i was a kid <laughs> <laughs> i didn't read the book either but now i want to because i was just thinking about that like last month and i was like this little girl lost her family and then she goes to some aunt that she doesn't even know and it's kind of mean to her and and she's still nice to her, Man. you know? That's like somebody you should it's look like, up so, to. Right. So I try to pair joy with reality. It's, I'm not, and I got to tell you, I see reality, I think, more clearly than most people. You know, um, I don't know. I see darkness quite easily. Okay. As much as I see the light. So that, that brings me up to my, my next question, because I, like I mentioned, I was going back and, and reading some of the older posts and one that stuck out to me was Undaunted Joy number 20, where you said you were gripped by a smothering depression. Yeah. Now has writing about joy every day helped you to handle things like that better or is it more of a, just an outlet to know or, or to let other people know that what the fear that they're facing, they're not alone, that other people are dealing with that too, or maybe both. I think both. Yeah, both. And those, the depression is fewer, fewer and far between. Oh, definitely. that's good. Yes. And, um, even when circumstances, the last, <laughs> the last week or two have been quite interesting for me, but so one could think that, I could fall into depression because of the circumstances, but I think because I've been practicing joy so much, it's, it's easier for me to, to bail out of it. But I think writing and write, yes, writing really helps me to see things more clearly and to see what's going on patterns in my own life where, you know, you're, you're believing lies about yourself again, Shemaya, you do this, Wow. you know, you do this when such and such happens, or when you, when I go back to Los Angeles, uh, I'm from Los Angeles. So a lot of sad things happen there and a lot of hard things. And a lot of people that, that I don't really want to be around anymore and I'm not around them, but just that they're there in the 50 mile radius or where you know. And then that kind of goes back to the gas station thing you're thinking about. I am within 50 miles. I might run into one of them. I might run into them, you know, and sometimes I do. And, you know, and I'm fine. Good. I'm fine. Yeah. But you, you know, you have to rewire your brain. And that, I mean, that's what so much of cognitive therapy is about, just learning something else to do instead of meditating on the gas station on the corner, meditating on joy, yeah. you know, and saying, I'm just going to do this for three minutes and see what happens. You know, I don't have to do this for an hour, but for three minutes, set a timer and, oh my, I feel better, you know, or I'm going to walk for 
I mean, I do everything to a timer. If it just seems so hard to <laughs> like exercise, I'm like, I'm just going to go outside for five minutes. And then when the timer is, turns on, I'll turn around. I mean, and that's how I started exercising, which is a big part of my joy practice as well. It gets oh. all related to move your body and that helps your spirit as well. So I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm all over the place. No more or less than any See, other. That's why I write because I can't tell a story. <laughs> I can't tell a story literally. I have to write it down. His so, editing process is is yes. a little different. My <laughs> writing is a lot better than my speaking. <laughs> well, one of the other things that I thought was really great was that you welcome guest posts with undaunted joy, yeah. like the most recent one by uh, Tracy Rhodes. That was oh, awesome. And I, really, I hope you do one, Mark. Oh, I'll, I'll work on it. I, I okay. promise I will work. I don't know what I'll, what I'll write about, but I'll, I'll work on something. So it was, it was really cool. And then you can interact with you, yeah. with the, the guest writers. It's really yeah. wonderful. And it's it introduced me to some other great people like, like Tracy. And it's uh, yeah. really fun to, find so many other people who are um, not doing the exact same thing you are, but have the same attitude, the same viewpoint or similar, I should say, maybe not, maybe necessarily the same, but similar in, in looking for the good in things and, and trying to yeah. help other people see the good in things. And it's, it's really a, a beautiful read each day. And I, I, I really look forward to seeing them come into my inbox. Thank you so much. I, I love that because, well, if it's just me all the time, it becomes narcissistic, you know? Hmm. And that's maybe she gets some guest not, hosts on the podcast. But I'm just, I'm just saying, like, like I'm not joy, you know? Mm -hmm. Shamaya is not joy. It's not about me. It's, to help other people put on the lens and to see the world differently. And then to share it, there's a, there's a Anne Sexton poem where she says something about joy, not shared, you know, no, dissolves or goes away. Now I, I can't remember. It's line. amazing that you mentioned that because I went back and I, and I, like I said, I went back and read and it's from Undaunted Joy number 29. Oh my God. And you, you wrote the Anne Sexton quote, the joy that isn't shared dies young. Yes. And I wrote that in my notes because I thought that was an amazing quote and an isn't amazing sentiment. Beautiful? And here's a woman, you know, Anne Sexton killed herself, oh. you know? So, yeah. So she's someone who was struggling with that too. You know, yeah. she, she saw light and darkness equally as well. And so she, she was writing to, to try to quell the darkness in her as well. So again, we can't use the word Pollyanna, but there's, there's <laughs> got it. I, I'm just saying it's not from a, a naive lens, right? You know, it's, it's not that I don't understand tragedy or darkness. Like I said, I, I came from um, an abusive childhood and a, a childhood of poverty and, um, so anyways, having guests, I, it's, you know, people get tired of hearing my voice and to have to hear another voice, you know, say it's almost like, here's the glasses. Now you put them on, you know, and 
also just to share the space because it's, I did it as an experiment. Like I did it, I started the Substack a year ago. So what is it? 23, April, 2022 as a practice for myself and also to see if, if people would be interested and, and it just grew. And so now I have a lot of followers and I want to share that with other people. I mean, it's part of literary citizenship, you know, people have been so kind to me giving me jobs and space and uh, <laughs> looking at my work and editing it, you know, yeah. um, when I feel cross-eyed looking at it and saying, does this make sense? So it's a way to, to share what I have with other people. And um, yeah, I, I have mine for September all set up. I, I, awesome. I uh, set that one up and I just love hearing other people's experiences that I wouldn't necessarily think of. Yeah, that's it's not limited. And especially that's why I say that I would really like to to hear from you because I, I think we've had a lot of female writers on. And um it'd be nice to hear from a male perspective. But I'm also very surprised, and my husband and I were talking about this the other day, that I feel like I have an equal amount of male and female readers. Oh wow. Which for a woman of faith to be writing about spirituality, that's that's usually 90% women readers. <laughs> I hate to so say I, I can I can see yeah. that. And I think I, I sometimes I don't know why that's true. And my, my husband says because I don't sugarcoat anything that that I talk about that darkness equally. And I, I it's often editors want to edit that out <laughs> oh couldn't you couldn't you write about your childhood best friend's suicide in a glossier way joy a little more joyful way you know <laughs> and i'm like no <laughs> i want you to know what i've been through you yeah. know so i think that i that i look at those situations realistically i i think that that brings in more of my male audience and the, but i don't know the, and the writing has opened up opportunities for you so and before we even get into the the book beyond the book has undaunted joy given you anything that that surprised you opportunity or introductions to some to people maybe someone who subscribed that that uh you you were blown away by or what are some of the greatest things that undaunted joy has given to you? Gosh, where do I start? <laughs> uh, as you, as you listed all of like the possible answers, I was like, yes, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> I think, well, someone that surprised me that became um, a subscriber and was my first paid subscriber was is writer Sherman Alexi, who is big. He did Smoke Signals, which was made into a film. Oh, and wow. um, poet and writer and uh, poet fiction writer and memoirist. And um, he's actually a neighbor of mine. <laughs> really? He lives about a mile away. And I used to see him all the time on walks. And um, I think now that we've found each other on social media, we're like, he's like, oh, of course, I know who he is. Yeah. But I think now that he's seen, he's like, oh, I 
used to see that lady at Starbucks all the time, you know, <laughs> but um, she's just been so encouraging of my work. And that's, that's been very special. And hopefully one day I can, I can have coffee with him at Starbucks, but also just a sense of openness. I think I was telling you earlier, I, I I thought I was going to write this book in England in January. Right. I, I went to England. I went for a month by myself with just a backpack. Like that was it. A travel backpack. That's me. awesome. And I, I stayed at monasteries a week at a time as to not outwear my welcome. Right. And, <laughs> and also because they're, they're safe for a woman traveling alone. Good point. And they're cheap. <laughs> Another good point. And I could stay, I could stay close to liturgy mm-hmm. and and just be praying constantly. And that that was wonderful. And I thought that it was gonna write about this book. I was gonna write these these essays, but instead it was about gathering the seeds for the essays. And that that seemed pretty obvious, maybe day two into a 30 day trip. <laughs> wow. That early. Oh my gosh. Which seemed weird to me. I'm like, so really, I'm just going to walk around and just talk to people and have nice experiences. And it was like, yeah, that's it. Oh, that's amazing. And just be open. And all the things that happen just from being open to experiencing joy and I realized that um, for many years, joy was a frightening experience for me. Joy sometimes feels like anxiety. Really? I never thought of it like that. Wow. Because joy is exciting. And excitement feels a lot like anxiety. That's a good point. Think about your kids when they are getting ready for the first day of school or whatever. And, and they start talking about it and then they're, you know, you can see them and they're getting anxious and they're all, all the, all the signs point to anxiety. But if you flip it and you say, honey, you're not anxious, you're excited. You're yeah. excited about the first day and about meeting new people. And you're not scared about, you know, they're like, Oh, but the feel, the emotions are so similar to each other. You know what? That I have heard that. Yeah. Yeah. That I would stop myself from fully being happy because it felt like free falling, you know? Yeah. Now, you know, it's funny. My wife brought that up to me a few years ago now that you mentioned it. And I think it was something to do with those kids in school. Yeah. <laughs> and she told them. Social, yeah. Yeah, she she says exactly what you said. It's, yeah. You're not anxious. You're excited, and yeah. that's the first time I really had ever heard that. And thought that's that's really interesting. I I'd never thought of that. I wish somebody had said that to me as a kid. Yeah, because right that that may have changed my entire Save academic output. <laughs> Saved me years. Exactly. So you are working on a book version of Undaunted Joy. So I want to know a little bit, well, a little bit, a lot more about that. How did that happen? And what is the format going to be like? Because in each Undaunted Joy that comes out in the email is a a short story. Is it going to be similar to that or is it going to be a different format? Yeah. 
So I know someone said, well, shouldn't the book be finished though? You're just cutting paste <laughs> from there. I was like, nah. <laughs> that would so, be great. Someone did ask me that. Um, I think, well, the Substack I've just used as an experiment and none are longer than 500 words. And so, and they're like no editing. Involved. <laughs> <laughs> like I just write it, read it over once. And you know, that that's the extent of the editing. And so these will be more, uh, more nuanced essays, kind of using some of the exploring the ideas that I've talked about in um, the sub stack, but going a little bit deeper and um, playing with language a bit more um, oh, fun! and using a little more research. Uh, not all of them, but, but they're, they're really grounded in storytelling. I say, I notice that there's kind of three formats. One is storytelling. That's kind of a little more tender and maybe a little more theological using my seminary degree. Okay. And then there's another format, which is what Brian, the author Brian Doyle called a poem, kind of a hybrid of a poem and prose. Okay. Where he would en- en- encapsulate a moment in time. And so they're, they're shorter than a prose piece and sort of play with language. So it's a little more poetic in language. I wrote one of those for a U.S. Catholic about a prayer of thanks for the drive through car wash. <laughs> <laughs> so those. That's a good one. That, that deserves some, some credit. I love the drive through car wash. <laughs> I, if we have time, I could even read that one. Cause it is, it has been published so I could read it too. But, yes. um, but, and then there's a third, a third essay that I'm just describing as, me unhinged. <laughs> oh, now that got that has piqued my interest. Because <laughs> it's just it's just like my inner thoughts and a little bit of craziness in a good way. <laughs> you know, one of the essays that I included in the book proposal was the joy of naps. I take a nap every day in my chair. Oh, you can see it. Oh, I'm so jealous. Uh, <laughs> in my chair for 25 minutes. And so I I wrote this wacky essay about like how there's all these things I have to have perfect and how my grandma used to sleep in her chair and he, you know I'd, she'd have like drool coming down the side of her cheek. It looked like <laughs> a waterfall cascading. And then I'd I say, Nana, are you sleeping? And she goes, I'm just resting my eyes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that what sleeping is? She was, and I always thought that she was dead. I was like, oh gosh, is she dead? And then <laughs> the crazy thing is, she wasn't that much older than I am now. Oh. And I thought she was ancient. I'm like, gosh. So, I, oh, I so know. there's just some wacky essays like that about my love of naps, how I have a a strange fear of capybaras for some reason. Oh my gosh! Don't tell my young, my oldest daughter; she loves those things. She loves. See, okay. 
I know a lot of people love them and I understand why. They're very chill animals, but they are also rodents of unusual size. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. They're 90-pound rats. And Carrie Elwes is not here to defend me. <laughs> So that's another one of the essays that, that I wrote for the book. So those, awesome. are, those are things that I haven't explored on the Substack, And I really play with letting people see my inner wackiness. That's awesome. I love that. I think it's like the most me writing I've ever done before. So I, oh, wow. I really enjoy that. And I hope that other people enjoy it. <laughs> well, if it's anything like this conversation, I'm going oh, to love it. I cannot wait to read this. So You're so kind. So how far along are you? When is, is there a slated publishing date year? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so I turn it in um, in the spring. So like the last day of February, whatever that is this year. Is it 28 or 29? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> the, last, the last day. And then it will come out in April of 2025. Okay. So it seems forever in the future. It is um, long but process. as far as writing, it's, it's pretty fast paced. I hope to get to the midpoint uh, next month uh, oh, wow. in the writing process. So it's, it's really fast paced. It's coming um, along. That's I think fantastic. Have about 35 to 40 uh, essays in. So I think it'll be the kind of book that, you know, you could just pick up and read a little something short to make you laugh or if you're feeling down or, you know, you don't have to invest in a whole book at once or a whole story. It could just be a couple of pages. And I think it might be the kind of book that. That will just make you feel better. That's that's sorely needed. <laughs> yeah. And then when your friend's having a crappy week, you're like, hey, I bought you this book because I saw you were having a crappy week <laughs> on social media. You know? That's awesome. Because <laughs> if, if you look at what's popular in things like podcasts and streaming shows, it's all true crime. And oh, so, gosh. So something like this is sorely needed. To, yeah. to kind of counterbalance all the heaviness. And I'm, I will admit, I love true crime podcasts. I listen to some really weird ones. So I, I, I don't know if I'll promote them here, but there are certain ones I go back to all the time because they're true crime or an interesting topic and they're funny. And they're funny? Yes. I used to like that stuff until it seeped into my dreams. And then I'm oh. like, uh, I don't want bad dreams like this. <laughs> I don't blame but, you. But I, I want to tell you a funny true crime story. Sure. <laughs> Let me tell you a funny true story. Yeah. <laughs> so when I'm staying at those, I, so I told you I stayed at all those monasteries mm -hmm. in England um, during research for the book and just kind of being open and experiencing joy, like, you know, Someone, I'd meet someone and they invite me somewhere. I'm like, all right, let's go. That's yeah. awesome. And I'm at this monastery in um, Southern England and it's out in the countryside. And after mass on Sunday, the monks invite, and I have not talked to these monks all week. I'm just on my own. Okay. But on Sunday, they invite me to come for coffee in like the, I don't know what they call 
whatever, a big room, a living room or okay. something. Yeah. She liked to have coffee and chocolates and talk. So I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I haven't talked to anyone all week. <laughs> so I I go in and I'm meeting all of the monks and the the abbot, so he's the leader yeah. of of the community. He finds out that I grew up in Los Angeles. And so he comes over to me and he's like, Did you live in Los Angeles when the Night Stalker was there? Because I've been watching the Night Stalker on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god what so from praying all day and then you go and put on netflix and watch the, and he's like i just and i think and now i feel bad talking about him but um but i think what it is is that he he's a person who sees light much more easily mm-hmm. and i think that he what I understood from what he said that he watched these shows because he doesn't, he doesn't see the darkness out there as clearly. And so he would watch these shows to kind of give him an insight. But I was just dying laughing because I'm like, yeah, I lived in Los Angeles during the night stalker. Like it was the hottest summer and nobody would sleep with their windows open. Nobody, I was too poor for air conditioning, you know, but we're like suffocating our houses because we don't want him like climbing through a window and killing us. No kidding. Oh my gosh. Everyone was like painting their houses a different color so that, you know, Yes. Night Stalker wouldn't because he, what was it? He only went to yellow houses or something? Something like that. I don't remember the the color thing, but yeah, he he had some very odd ways of choosing his victims. Yeah. It was Richard Ramirez, right? Yes. Yes. And all all I know is I remember the day that they caught him because he went into this neighborhood in Boyle Heights where my grandma lived there. Wait, my great grandma lived there. And I knew some people at my school who lived in that neighborhood. And one of the moms came to pick up her kids and they're like, they they caught the night stalker. And you know the story, right? Mm-hmm. Like just people from the neighborhood were like, there he is. And yes. then like they go and run after yeah. them. And the whole neighborhood just came out and like started beating him up and called the cops and like hold him down. And I was like, yeah, these are my people. That's I right. <laughs> like, that's so awesome. <laughs> Which I also told the monk that. I guess he hadn't got to that part in the story yet. He was just like watching a little bit of Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it so strange for me to think of, of an abbot watching Netflix? Oh, Net- it was very strange to me. Also, because there was no internet there. So... Uh, so I asked, uh, is there a Wi-Fi password so I could work while I was there? And they're like, no, there's no Wi-Fi password. I was like, oh, okay. And I'm like, I'm like way out in the country. But then after prayers at night, all of a sudden I'd see on my phone, you know, there's a new Wi-Fi. And it'd be like, <laughs> I want to join, but I don't have the password. And it's Abbott's Netflix. So he would sign, turn on the Wi-Fi. Oh my gosh, that's sneaky. I'm sorry, I'm t- I didn't say where. So I'm, I'm telling all the secrets. No, no, you don't. We don't know where. We don't know. Who, yeah. and, and somewhere in South England. 
But these were such good men. When I left, I cried and I didn't, it was one of those like moments where I didn't know I was going to cry. You know, those moments in (laughs) there's, there's a couple of scenes in movies where you're like, you just like start bawling for no, like, you know, you don't, you don't think it's going to happen. But one of the monks came to say good night and goodbye to me. And all of a sudden I just, I mean, like crying or like snot coming oh, out no. of my mouth. I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And I was like, I don't, he goes, you're very emotional. I go, yes, I am. <laughs> of humanity you know like nine men living with each other and i'm there for a week and i could see that there were certain things that that drove one monk crazy that another monk would do and they would roll their eyes or they would oh you know oh yeah Uh, and as as holy as they are they're still human they're real people yeah that have made a commitment to each other and to god and are struggling through that right in front of your eyes you know they're not It's one of the most beautiful things on earth. Oh, it's so beautiful. And I didn't expect to to feel that emotional when I left. And I just, I just bawled. Oh. I was like, I'm so sorry. You're just such wonderful men. Oh my gosh. Well, that, that is beautiful. So we've got a little bit about the book coming out. What is the best way for people to follow you and, and subscribe to your Substack? How can they keep an eye on what you're doing? I think the Substack is the best way, and it's Undaunted Joy, um, Shamaya Gonzalez, which I think you should just write Undaunted Joy because Shamaya Gonzalez has a lot of help in it. <laughs> so, and you can find me that way. And then on social media, I'm most active on Twitter. I just like, I'm sorry, X. Yeah, it's oh. X now. You know, when that happened, um, I had no idea. Yeah. And my app just turned to X. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> I, where did Twitter, cause I am actually not super active on Twitter or X or either of those. I I'm more Instagram because I was a photographer, so I'm more visual. Oh. So I'm a lot more active on that. So when that, yeah. that change took place, I had no idea that was coming. And my app just, I'm like, what is this X thing? And where did Twitter go? Well, someone just downloaded something on my phone. I know. I thought I was starting to get mad at the kids. I was like, <laughs> what did you guys, who had my phone? Who took my phone? Did you put a tracker on my phone? Well, my girls are notorious for taking my phone and taking a bunch of ridiculous selfies on purpose and then just leaving it on my phone. And then I'll go and I'll look at my pictures and and it'll be like this weird distorted picture from like the forehead down. And it looked like a. He's like a pinhead from the uh, the other. I don't. I don't know if I can say pinhead anymore. That's the way they. <laughs> <laughs> I may have. I may have just canceled oh, myself. Yeah. I. I. I love. Uh, I love Carney stories. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's my, my family. Favorite, one of my favorite books is Geek Love. Have you ever read that? No. And Catherine Dunn. I read it 
maybe every every other year. I just read it again recently. Oh, it's wow. such a fantastic. It's a it's a story about um, a family of, of sideshow people. Right. So, <laughs> it's, that's that's my, I bet oh, you my kids would love that too. I don't recommend it to everyone because it is sick and twisted. Oh, my, my oldest daughter would probably like that. It's sick and twisted. <laughs> so these two normal people get together and they want their kids to be special. So they experiment with drugs Whoa. so that their children will be born with different deformities. Oh my God. Okay. So that, they, that, I, that sounds like I should read it. Yes. That, <laughs> it's very, very interesting. And just a deep commentary on society and, you know, who's special and who's not. How, and When was that written? How long ago? I was, I want to say the eighties, but. Wow. Like, of course it's right here. It's just look. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I don't know. Mine is so marked up. Someday I'm going to write about it. <clears throat> but uh, why can I never find that page that has the... I, the I know. I'm uh, 83. 83. Wow. Yeah. They had no idea that they were, they were uh, ahead of their time with being famous just for being famous. Yes. Like social um, media fame. There's Similar. more to the story, but I don't, I don't want to, um, you're going to give it away. So that's, that's, it's, it's really, it's very relevant for I will, today. I will it's have, true. definitely have to check that out. Um, so, all right. So what's, what are your Twitter handles, Instagram handles and, uh, <laughs> good, good question. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I know. When they're my name, but sometimes, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. No, it's funny. I've actually got your website up here. So on, on X it's Shamaya N G. You spell my name, Shamaya S H E M as in Mary, A I A H. All right. Shamaya N G on X. And then I think it's just Shamaya G on Instagram. And I'm on Facebook too. Okay. I have a regular page and a writer page. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Well, it's been wonderful. Joyous even speaking with you. Thank you so much for coming on and, and talking about the book and, and your Substack and how you got into doing the work of spreading joy. I think it's beautiful. I look forward to your, your emails and I am excited to see them come in each and every time. And I look forward to more and I'm really looking forward to that book. Cause I do want to read some, some uh, raw Shemaya there. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mark. And like I said, you were my, my treat for getting all my work done today. Just oh, to get to talk to you. Thank you so much. I'm bummed that this is it. It was so much fun. We can keep going I, if you like. That's that's fine with me. No, I don't. I, I, mean, I, hope, I mean, I hope that you know. I hope we, our paths cross more. 